Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok, which used to be known as Musical.ly, and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than normal because I just don't have a ton of time today. But I wanted to make sure that I got something out for you guys at a minimum so that, um, you know, we can keep this podcast daily, which is usually what I tend to do. Um, So yeah, let's just jump right into our language learning topic, which has to do with a movie that I watched yesterday or rather last night, which was Crazy Rich Asians. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a really good movie. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's got good acting, very lovable characters, decent story, and just overall a really fun and enjoyable kind of movie. And one thing that I noticed, there's a couple things I noticed in the movie that I wanted to talk about in today's podcast. First of all, in the movie, the there were some times, there were moments where the characters would be speaking in Mandarin. And It was interesting, right? Because first of all, I understood the majority of it, but I was fascinated by the main actress. Because when the main actress would speak in Mandarin, which she didn't do very often, she had a slight, not a major one, but definitely a slight, I guess you could say American kind of twinge to the Mandarin she was speaking, even though she is Chinese. And I don't know if that's because that's how she naturally speaks Mandarin. I don't know if it's because she she did it for the camera or for the movie because it fit the plot and kind of fit her character well. I don't really know exactly what the thinking behind it was exactly, but it was very interesting because one thing that happens in Canada and also in the USA is many people, many, many younger people and, and adults too, but especially younger people, They were born in the USA, they're born in Canada, but their family is from a different country. And as a result, as a result, these people, such as myself, I'm actually one of these people, they grow up speaking another language, whether it's Spanish, Gujarati, Hindi, you know, French, or whatever the language is, Mandarin. However, you don't speak it exactly like a native speaker. And if you go to a country that speaks said language, they can tell in like three seconds that you're not from, that you're not, you were not raised or born and raised in that country. They can tell immediately. And it's funny because if you talk to a lot of people who are not necessarily in a language learning community, they sometimes will assume that because your family spoke a specific language and you grew up speaking that language with your family, they assume that you speak that language super duper fluently or super duper like a native speaker But you actually kind of don't. You do, you are influenced by the fact that you only really spoke to the 12 people, the 5 people, the 20 people in your family, and that's the only real exposure you've had. It definitely will have an effect on how you speak and how you communicate, unless, of course, 
um, you have spent a lot of time traveling with your family to the country that your family is originally from and you've had lots of exposure to different types of speakers or perhaps in your house if you watch the TV a lot in that target language, etc. But just because you grew up in a family, it, it was just a demonstration. The movie that I watched was a demonstration of a representation rather that yes, even if you grew up in a Chinese family, Indian family, whatever, and you speak your mother's your mother tongue, it doesn't necessarily mean you speak it as fluently as someone who grew up and was raised in a country that speaks that language. Does that make sense? It will be different. The other thing that was really fascinating, and this is something I talked about once a long time ago, I wish I remember if it was a video or a podcast, but it's the influence or the role that media and your environment has on the perspective on certain languages. Let me ref- let me say that one more time. The role the media and your environment plays on the perspective people have on specific languages. So I'll give you an example. Where I live in Calgary, there are lots of schools where you can learn French. There's lots of opportunities to learn Spanish. We hear lots of advertisements for people to travel to Mexico or Spain or South America, right? Different Spanish-speaking countries. Paris is sold to us as a very romantic kind of place, the city of love and very glamorous and nice to visit. So people go to Paris. And so there's a role that because of the environment and the the media that we have in the environment where I live, there is... There are more people who go to learn, for example, French and Spanish as there would be compared to, I don't know, Mandarin, for example. It's just more popular, right? And it was interesting because in this movie that I was watching, um, it was interesting. A lot of the music was in Mandarin, right? And it made me wonder because I was thinking after the movie that, wow, I like some of the music. I'm going to go home and download some of that music. And it made me wonder that, huh, I wonder if other people had that same thought. And if that downloading the the Mandarin music from the movie is going to open their minds to, whoa, this Mandarin language is pretty cool. Do I like this? And then they actually get some introduction into Mandarin. The same way that some people in my city, even though they're not Japanese, they might watch anime. And the anime becomes an introduction to the Japanese language. And because their interaction with 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 Japanese was a positive one through the anime that they like... They feel positively towards Japanese and it gives them a reason or motivation or a purpose or makes them feel like they want to go learn some Japanese, right? And it really was something I was thinking about and it just kind of stressed in my mind the importance that the media really plays and the media has on um, on language learning and the languages that people learn versus don't learn. Like, I think it's really fascinating in my city, right? that when there's a, 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 let's say, a Chinese culture event or some kind of Latino culture event, right, that's taking place, a public event that anyone can attend, even if they're free, in my personal experience, when I've been to Chinese cultural events, everybody's Chinese. I'm usually the only or one of the very few non-Chinese people there. But on the flip side, when you go to a Latino event, there's plenty of Latinos, of course, but there's plenty of non-Latinos who are there as well. And it's just it's just interesting. Both are very fun. Both have music. Both are very festive. They're meant for anyone to attend. And yet, for whatever reason, the Chinese ones are not attended that much, in my experience, by non-Chinese people, right? And we can get some very, you know, very interesting reasons as to why that happens. Um, And this could become a very long podcast. I'll give perhaps 
a couple of insights in my region as to why that happens. But it's, it's funny how our brains work. For example, um, I've talked to quite a few people, non, let's say non-Chinese, or even we could broaden this Asian, right? Indian, Chinese, Southeast Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, right? We have a supermarket in my city, or rather uh, a grocery store in my city, which is called, um, which is called uh, Superstore, right? Generally speaking, a lot of Asian people will go to Superstore. A lot. Not all, but many will. Chinese, Indian, right? Etc, 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 etc. And the feel, the, the, the environment in Superstore is different than the environment of most other grocery stores in the city. It feels a little bit, from some people, busier, a little bit more chaotic, maybe a little bit more disorganized. It actually, in some ways, reminds me, it's kind of like taking a step towards how my markets or how my grocery stores in China would feel when I was there for a few months, right? Similar, kind of similar-like feel, and it's different. And so sometimes what will happen is that I've had this conversation with various people in, in my city. They will go to Superstore for whatever reason, and they have a negative experience in the grocery store. They get culture shock in the grocery store. They get culture shock in our own city, which is crazy, but they do. And what happens is they, they get the culture shock. They get this not so great experience. They noticed a lot of the, they noticed a lot of the Chinese people there or Asian, not even Chinese, just Asian in general. And they go, oh yeah, I don't feel great towards them super weird and they might not even say it exactly in those words but it happens i've had the conversation and so we make a connection the way our brain works we make emotional connections to things right they made an emotional connection to having a negative grocery shopping experience and they connected it to oh wow a lot of the asian people are here and they have not not such a great experience with that group of people. And so that negative experience then influences if they're ever going to learn the language, if they have any interest in the language, how they feel about the people behind the language. And they might not even realize that's where it stemmed from. It's, it's fascinating, right? Versus, for example, when you look at Latino stuff, right? Perhaps, and again, I've had, this, I've had these conversations with people. Sometimes people will go to a Latino event and they have a festive time as music and dancing and they have such a positive experience with it that then they view it completely differently. And it just all ties into the effect that our environments, media, the experiences we have, etc., affect how we view not only the language, but the culture behind the language. And actually, weirdly, how we feel about the culture behind the language will probably even have an influence on how, on how we view the language itself. Really interesting stuff, right? Man, I wish I had more time today. Man, this is something I can go so deep into. It's such a fascinating topic, but... I teach in like 20 minutes, so I need to leave my house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys like this. I hope it was at least a good introduction to this topic and you guys found it interesting. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this topic as well. Um, if you guys have these kinds of things happen in your city, in your region, etc., feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and let me know your thoughts. Or if you're listening to this on Anchor, the, the app, feel free to call and let me know what you think. But um, with that aside, let's wrap the podcast up here. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat later. Bye for now.